What is up, all my beautiful Crips and Walkers? It's so great to be back with y'all after my trip to Tennessee. And on today's show, we are going to talk about disability and feeling invisible. Coming right up in Handy Slap. Welcome back, everybody. So I just got back a few days ago, or several days ago now, from my family trip down to Chattanooga, Tennessee. And uh, then we got back home for Easter weekend with my other part of the family, which is my middle sister and my other brother-in-law. And uh, it was just a busy uh, week. And then afterwards, I took a little extra time off to get some other things done. I will be officially ordained as a pastor next weekend on April 25th, so I've been doing a lot of preparation for that, preparation for other projects going on in my life right now, and I've just kind of been getting some things together, reorganizing, and uh, just kind of decompressing my thoughts and my mind and trying to catch up on some sleep, resting my body, and just trying to get closer with the Lord, you know, um, as all of us know, it's a constant battle with the Lord in our spirit and in our flesh, going back and forth between the things we want, the things that we think we deserve, and the things that God actually has for all of us. And so it takes a lot of surrendering and a lot of prayer, prayer, prayer. I'm not perfect at it. I'm not always that great at it. But I try my best to uh, open up my heart to God and to let his spirit into me to dictate what's best for me and that goes for all of us. But yeah, that's what I've been doing for the past couple of weeks and just resting and reorganizing. Uh, going on to the trip, it was a wonderful four nights in Chattanooga. Uh, my parents and I drove down there. It was a 12-hour drive. And, you know, after a while, we're, it's kind of starting to toll on us. I don't know why I'm complaining. I didn't do any driving, obviously. But uh, it was great, nonetheless. You know, beautiful down there. Uh, in the Chattanooga area, for all you Civil War historians, is a relatively popular and uh, influential area of the Civil War over there on that east side of Tennessee. Uh, a lot of history over there. Lookout Mountain is over there. Uh, my family and I, we didn't go on Lookout Mountain. We went on Raccoon Mountain, which is relatively close to Lookout. But uh, regardless, it's just a beautiful area over there. It's like a, the city is like in the mountains itself. You're just surrounded by the mountains. Uh, it's like the city of Mordor. <laughs> Uh, in all of the rings it's nuts uh, but I've always loved the south I've been in the south before uh, in 2015 I was in Florida southern Florida actually on the Gulf and then in 2012 uh, we were in, in Nashville that time well, just beautiful regardless I uh, got to visit with my four and a half year old nephew and I just love him to death for all of you listening if you have any nieces or nephews or maybe you have children yourselves or uh, even little cousins 
and you just build that special kind of bond and relationship with them as the uncle or as the aunt. You know exactly what I'm talking about. It's just such a wonderful, loving bond. It's fun. Uh, they're at that age where you can uh, play around with their personality. And uh, he and I uh, really have some really interesting conversations. We even had a couple of debates, uh, which he probably won, um, whatever. But he, he, uh, he gets the special prize to always win because he says so. But uh, just being with family and catching up with my sister and seeing my brother-in-law and what's going on in their lives, it was just a great time. And uh, we went to the Tennessee Aquarium. I've actually never been to an aquarium before, so this was my first time. And it was pretty cool, and uh, everyone wore their masks. So uh, I was safe to see uh, a lot of kids, so I made sure I made my, made sure I made, wear, wore my own mask, so I can't, can't even talk today. And um, around all those kids, you know, kids carry germs, so I wore my mask, and uh, it's cool. Like, you go by the stingrays, you go by the jellyfish, the octopuses, the sharks. Uh, it was crazy how uh, well put together and well designed uh, some of these aquariums are, and, which is great. Um, great food, uh, wonderful people, uh, just beautiful out there in the nature, kind of away from people. And uh, my little nephew rode on my wheelchair on the footrest as we were driving down the long stretch of road that overlooked a good portion of the mountain range there. It was just gorgeous. And uh, after a few nights, we uh, headed back up here to Wisconsin to celebrate the Easter weekend um, with the rest of uh, my family. And it was just great. And to be at my church family again, I had the opportunity to preach on Good Friday, which is also wonderful. And you know that weird feeling you get that kind of trippy feeling when you return from what feels like a long vacation, and it's just so good to be home. You know, the moment we drove into our hometown, after 12 hours of driving, it was 9.30 at night, and we felt a lot like uh, Jimmy Stewart in the movie It's a Wonderful Life, when he's running down uh, the boulevard, uh, uh, that famous scene, yelling, Hello, Bedford Falls! Hello! Bailey Savings and Loan, or the Building Savings and Loan, Hello Theater House. It was just felt like that. It was great. You know, there really is no place like home, truly. No matter how much you get sick of where you live, how many, how many, how much you get sick of the people you're around sometimes, uh, how much you need a break so much. Uh, maybe you're just a homebody like I kind of am, but when you get home after a long... Uh, time away. It's just so good to get back into your routine and everything. But yeah, it was wonderful. And uh, I've been thinking a lot the past uh, several days on how to move forward with the podcast and what kind of topic I want to transition into after all that time to think. And, you know, I've been thinking a lot of things with how I approach relationships. You know, when you're a disabled person, relationships of any kind, whether it's romantic or platonic 
or uh, a brotherly relationships, like a, your close friends, uh, whether they're close males or close females, whatever it may be, um, any kind of relationship building as a disabled person can be a completely different story. The, the dynamic is just different. You know, that's just the way it is. And uh, I have a decent personality for making friends. I always have. Um, not a lot of disabled people can say that. It's hard, regardless, to uh, build a relationship with people. It just is, you know. Um, this is the first time we're going to really talk about this on the show. Um, I hate using it, but I'm actually going to use it here and now. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about ableism in the sense of how I've been kind of exposed to it and how I have understood it. And um, I just talked to my uh, therapist about it today a little bit that kind of brought the wow factor into that, that kind of hit the light bulb on a little bit. And the thing that kind of spoke to me about it, something that kind of made me want or triggered me to kind of want to finally talk about ableism on the show is how, um, you know, when it comes to relationships, you know, I'm going to say romantic relationships or opposite sex platonic relationships and how sometimes you want to schedule dates with people or maybe you just want to hang out one-on-one, whatever. Um, but then you get the moments where it's all set up to go. And then what happens often, uh, the opposite person cancels last minute. You know, it happens often. Uh, it's often some excuse, some random excuse, you know. Um, like, oh, I have to work a double shift, so I forgot that we were going to go out for drinks tonight. It's like, oh, okay, whatever. You know, I often let those things slide. Maybe I do it too often. A friend of mine has told me that, Jordan, sometimes you're a little too nice. And, you know, maybe that's true. And actually, I think it's very true sometimes. Uh, once in a while, I do let things slide. Um, I should be more confrontational. A lot of us should, actually. You know, a lot of times we get caught up in the people-pleasing uh, mentality that we just don't want to upset anyone. We don't want to confront anyone and make it seem like we're pissed off or like we're angry at them or, you know, we just want to keep the peace. You know, we don't want to step on any toes or roll over any toes with our wheelchairs, whatever. How many times I've heard that. (laughs) And I think what I've really been leading up to and finally just talking about here is, you know, I think what's so hard about living with a disability and needing to be in a moment of confrontation is that whenever we want to confront somebody, like maybe they do cancel on us last minute multiple times, or we want to say to them, hey, you know, if you're going to cancel on me, at least try to rebuttal right away by saying, hey, let's try to reschedule for this day and time, whatever. So my point is, like, when you're a disabled person and someone keeps canceling on you and changing plans or coming up with bullcrap excuses, what's hard is not just a confrontation, 
to kind of set them straight and be like, hey, if you're going to do that, let's put some effort into this. You know, telling the other person to put effort into a relationship or whatever, you don't want to do that because, or we fear doing that because then, because of our disability, because they look at us with a disability, then we come off as needy. You know, we come off as needy. It's like, oh, like, because you're disabled, you hate rejection so much, or you're so sensitive to rejection that anytime someone says no to you or they cancel on you, then you get upset, and then uh, that whole thing. If you if you if you're a disabled person and you dare get upset about someone. Uh, rejecting you or canceling on you, then you're the sensitive one, and then you're the one that's all needy because you're a disabled person and you're you know nothing but rejection, right? See, that's the bull crap that I can't really stand. Somehow, one way or another, it finally came out in the right articulation today that disabled people just sh- struggle so much with asking for the right things and confronting people about something that's bothering us. And we can't always say what we want because when we do, then we come off as super needy or like we're so sensitive about it or something. And that's the way they, uh, people that are non-disabled quickly uh, predisposition disabled folks. Like, we're so needy and we need to uh, be affirmed or whatever all the time. Like, we can't do anything. Like, that. it's horrible. And I totally understand that. And I finally am able to articulate it properly. And, you know, the other part of it... Okay, that's just one side. The other side of it is that when we do also confront someone about a problem we're having with them or we want to ask them to put more effort into the relationship so it's not just always the disabled people putting in all the effort because if we do we're too needy the other side of the coin is that we feel bad for it then we feel bad that we feel like we're trying to ask for more than what we're getting. Like any kind of moment where we ask for anything, just asking for help or asking to um, spend some time with someone, we always feel bad because it just feels like we're intruding or we're asking for a lot. Or uh, if the other person is confronted by us and then they get upset about it also because of they have a lot going on in their lives or they're super stressed about something. And then we feel like an idiot for trying to demand so much. So it really is a double-edged sword. You know, we can't win in that regard. It's such a rock and a hard place of how do we confront someone? How do we be seen? How do we say and ask for what we want or what we need without fulfilling the the, uh, ableism perspective that 
disabled people are needy or oversensitive to being rejected or whatever and getting upset that someone may not want to be around us. You know, and I get that, like, non-disabled people will be uncomfortable about that, but, you know, and um, I'm not going to get political on this at all. This isn't really a political show. Uh, I try to avoid that as much as possible, unless it's, like, a really overwhelming topic or something. But I'm, you know, as a disabled person we are part of a minority. You know, minorities have a hard time enough with trying to be heard, trying to get their needs met, trying to confront other people about problems or things that we're going through. You know, someone upsets us, someone dismisses us, or uh, someone cancels on us multiple times, or we feel like they don't want to be around us. All we want to do is just confront those people and say, hey, what's your problem? Or like say, hey, why is this going on in our relationship? You know, we have the right to ask those questions like anyone else without immediately being stigmatized as a needy disabled person or a disabled person who is oversensitive and can't handle little rejections or always being on the mindset that oh they don't want to be around me because I'm disabled that's what able-bodied people often put onto disabled people if that isn't ableism which I hate using that word but I'm going to use it right here and now I don't know what is but that is a good part of it you know I don't think this just goes for disabled people. I bring up why I don't like bringing in politics into this because I get what a lot of these minorities are going through and how we are not heard. And if we are heard, we come off as demanding or needy. I hate using that word too over and over again. But that's the struggle. It's like, how do we get seen? Who's going to hear us? You know, it's a constant conflict of feeling invisible. You know, being disabled and feeling invisible. Sure, we have disability awareness. Sure, we have people trying to advocate for the disabled community. A bunch of us in the disabled community are strong and empowering self-advocates but it doesn't always feel like enough because it just feels like we're just whining to get our way or you know the squeakiest wheel gets the oil it's like a constant battle between the minorities of whose wheel is the squeakiest you know which uh which minority is the public going to observe this week which minority is going to get their way this time? It's, you know, it comes down to that kind of thing. And I totally get it now, and it's frustrating. It really is. Do I agree with every single thing about the minorities and disabled people 
and the way they do advocacy, not necessarily. I try to do things a little bit differently, but I totally understand what the the conflict of it and the constant brokenness and the constant fatigue of feeling invisible. How are we going to be heard? Who is listening for us? We cry out and we cry out for help. We know there's help out there. We know someone can hear us. And when I think about these situations of feeling always conflicted, of always feeling invisible because if I do speak up for myself or if I do stand my ground and confront someone that's always making up excuses for me, then if I do, then I'm the one who's all needy and I'm oversensitive. How do I deal with that? And who is going to hear my cries? Well, when I think about that, I think a lot about a couple of people in scripture. Uh, a little side note quick before we continue. Um, if, you're, if you're not watching the TV show, The Chosen, uh, which is a multi-season uh, crowdfunded television show about the life of Christ and his journey with the disciples uh, throughout the Gospels, and you need to watch it. Again, it's called The Chosen, and it's about the life of Christ and the disciples throughout the Gospels. And it's a multi-season show that's going to survey as much of the Gospels as possible. And it's just fantastic. They just started their second season uh, last week. They are on, they just got done uh, presenting episode three of the season. And uh, they surprised people on the live stream uh, the other day with not one episode, but two. Uh, so after the premiere, they had episode two, uh, two days ago. And now, uh, right after that episode was over, they quickly put up episode three as a surprise. And, man, if you don't cry every episode or just feel the Holy Spirit or feel the spirit of the Gospels when watching this show, man, you are missing out. All right, that's my plug for the episode. Uh, so on this one of the recent episodes, uh, they covered uh, the disciple... Nathaniel, and the biblical character is Zacchaeus. Uh, Nathaniel is in John 1, and, the, and Zacchaeus is in uh, Luke chapter 19. Now, there's a lot of theology and uh, in-depth context I could look at here, but we're just going to touch upon them really quick. So I bring these two people up from the Bible, the gospel specifically, because in both cases, uh, this disciple Nathaniel and this tax collector Zacchaeus both went through little moments of feeling unheard, feeling invisible, feeling like no one is listening to them. 
like they're unimportant or no one cares. And with Nathaniel, um, when Philip, the another disciple, comes up to him and says, the Messiah, he is here. We have seen and met, and we are with the Son of God. His name is Jesus from Nazareth. Nathaniel says, uh, what good can come from Nazareth? You know, he laughs it off. And so later, he finally confronts Christ, or Christ comes up to him and reveals himself. What does Nathaniel do? He is complete awestruck wonder, completely broken down to his childlike state. Why? Because Jesus says, Nathaniel, for I, I know you. This is a paraphrase. But Nathaniel, the man who is guileless. In other words, uh, he was a clean man. Um, he was a man who wore his heart on his sleeve. You know, uh, he was a cool guy. And Jesus says, when you and Nathaniel were sitting under the fig tree, I saw you. He saw Nathaniel under the fig tree alone looking for the Messiah calling out to God where are you? Even though no one was around Jesus still saw him. And he says truly do you believe? In other words Jesus has seen him when you believe you're going to see things that are so much greater. When you believe, your whole life is going to change because he faced Christ himself. We also have another example in Luke chapter 19 uh, with the tax collector Zacchaeus. Now Zacchaeus was, well, a tax collector, uh, but he's also kind of... A disabled person in a way, you could say. He was known for his short stature. And he, uh, you know, he was small. And when Jesus was coming around, um, the only way that he could see him was climbing up a sycamore tree. Now, I don't know if you know how big sycamore trees are, but they're huge. Very big. And uh, so it was the best way he could see Jesus coming through. Now, uh, you know, he's a tax collector, Zacchaeus is. People don't like him. People don't respect him. They hate him because he's a tax collector who's taking their money away. And, you know, he's despised. Seen in a negative light. No one sees him. Will Jesus see him? Actually, it was Jesus who called him down. Jesus did see him up on the sycamore tree. As Zacchaeus is trying his best and all of his effort to climb that tree and to see Jesus, just to get a glimpse of Jesus, to put in that effort, even though he could have felt needy or whatever, whenever we try to feel or try to do something with that much effort, we come off as needy and we don't get seen because we feel like no one wants to see us. 
that disabled people cannot be seen or heard, or anyone for that matter. But Jesus saw him up on the tree, and he called him down from it, personally. He saw Nathaniel sitting under the fig tree, and he saw Zacchaeus climbing upon the sycamore tree just to get a glimpse of the Messiah when Jesus had already seen him without any thought. And Zacchaeus was putting his full effort to get that little glimpse. That's what it's like to be seen. For Jesus to see us wherever we are in all of our pain in all of our invisibility, Jesus still sees us. And he loves us. He sees us and completely paralyzes us where we are. Nothing else matters when Jesus sees us. Everything fades away. As we read in one of my favorite passages in all scripture, Revelation chapter 21, the second last chapter of the entire Bible, um, we get a quick foreshadowing, a beautiful foreshadowing of the kingdom of God, of the new Jerusalem, what is to come in eternity. And that, my friends, is that when we are in Jesus, when we believe in him, like he was saying with Nathaniel and Zacchaeus, Basically, nothing else matters, and you will see greater things. For in Christ, in the future to come, there will be no more tears, no more pain, no more dying, for the former things have passed away. So even though you don't always feel heard, you don't always feel like you can stand up for yourself because people make excuses for you or that they just don't care or that they don't put in the effort as much as you do or you feel like you're going to come off as needy or that you come off as oversensitive. Forget about those things. Ignore those things. And remember that Christ still sees you. For Christ is the way. There is no other. Jesus sees you, regardless of your invisibility. Have Christ help you stand up for yourself. Be seen. Be heard. Be confrontational. And let people hear you. Because you matter just as much as they do. You are not too needy. And you are not oversensitive. You are just someone that deserves to be heard just as much as anybody else. If Christ sees you, what else does it matter if anyone else does or doesn't? His way of looking at you is the only one that matters. So remember that. Be strengthened by it and stand up for yourself. Always no matter what your disability may tell you. All right, let's pray together, shall we? Well, Heavenly Father, we come before you 
right now. And I just pray for all who are listening, whether they're disabled or not disabled, that they would be heard, they would be visible instead of invisible, Lord God. That your Holy Spirit would direct them and carry them to help them stand up for themselves, to help them be respected, to have people take them seriously, Lord God. Help us to come out of feeling worthless. Help us to come out of feeling inadequate or that we don't matter. We do matter, Lord God. We matter in you, Lord God. I just thank you and praise you for all who are listening. Bless them all, Lord God. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. All right, well, thank you so much for listening to this new episode of Handy Schlapped. I am your host, Jordan Schrader. And if you'd like to continue this conversation, you can message me on Facebook at facebook.com slash Jordan Schrader. That's S-C-H-R-O-E-T as in Tiger, E-R. Or you can email me at jordanrobert71 at gmail.com. Pretty soon I'm going to upgrade this to having a Discord channel so we can chat together in a one-stop group chat area. So stay tuned for that. In the meantime, take care. God bless. Stay safe. And as always, stay classy. Bye.